Episode one of For the Culture Podcast. You're here with Ringo, Grego, Coach Tony. What's up, gentlemen? What's happening? What's happening? What's going on? How y'all doing this week? Man, it's been a good week, man. You know, it's playoff time, so you know, like we ready. We ready. Yeah, yeah. I hope we ready, because we looked really rough on Sunday going (laughs) decision day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, the it last last game happened last uh, last Sunday. Everybody had their last game. United Atlanta United they had uh, supporter shield online and they blew it. They choked like a normal Atlanta team. It, 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 <laughs> hey, it was rough. We'll kind of give y'all background for the culture podcast. We're gonna give you guys soccer commentary. Uh, for us, by us. We want to give you kind of the lens on the black soccer fan. So a lot of us here in Atlanta, we all gotten together just naturally. We thought this would be a good fit to put a podcast together for all of us out there that like soccer. They don't want to hear the cooligans. We love the cooligans. They don't want to hear people like the men in blazers. We're going to talk about things we like to talk about. So hopefully you guys like it. If you do, definitely subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your girl. Tell them all. We out here. <laughs> tell your aunt. You know. <laughs> Auntie needs to listen to this. So yeah, uh, the like I said, of course, like I said, last weekend was the uh, M- uh, MLS decision day, and now we're into the playoffs. Like matter of fact, we already had uh, two games last night: uh, Portland and Dallas, and uh, New York City FC and uh, Philadelphia Union. And uh, had a couple surprises, you know. Like even with the man down, Portland got through on on Dallas on the road. And uh, and in uh, New York City, they handle business against against Philly. Yeah, I mean, before we get into the playoffs, I just really want to do a moment of silence. We had a major loss this week. Zlatan and LA Galaxy didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> All the stuff they talked, everything he said, he said he was going to come talking in. About choke. Right. Talking about choke. Talking about he going to come and conquer MLS. Yep. Now he's sitting on the couch with my ass. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Right. You're welcome. You were saying a couple of weeks ago, it's like, yeah, you want his lifetime to, to, to miss the playoffs. And, like, they had they had a 2-0 lead, and they blew that shit. It's like, bro, like, like that's, you know, it's like all their old mistakes came back to bite them in the ass. And, yeah, lifetime's at home chilling. Yeah, I mean, hard. that's the thing about decision day. And there was a lot of coaching. Like, there was a lot of people got coaching wrong that day. It's, I think that day was actually awesome. I think for the game itself, when we talk about the big perspective of the, t- of the MLS and where it's going, the drama makes it good. I mean, that's what makes a good product. Makes yeah, people yeah. want to watch and pay attention more. You know what's yeah. crazy? Because like, I think for once, you know, you had a decision day that really mattered. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously people that know MLS knows that, you know, there's like they – you, it's not the same type of decision day as you might have in Europe, where like you're trying to figure out like who's winning the league or who's right. getting who's getting uh, who's staying up, who's getting relegated, and all that stuff. Basically, here you're trying to figure out hey, who's making the playoffs, who's finishing at what spot, yep. and you know for once, like like you had people, you had you had Atlanta United and and New York Red Bulls, they're fighting for the supporter shield. You still had uh, the sp- uh, spots three, four, five, and six up for grabs. And, you know, like there really was something to play for. Yep. And, of course, unlike United, some people stepped up. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it kind of shows you to me, like, who takes the Supporter Shield series and, like, who doesn't. Because you really saw, like, the Red Bulls. They turned it up and they did they what they needed. needed. To. Yeah. When they needed That PK about. was bullshit, though. Y- but, you y- know. Yeah. So, <laughs> let me tell you. I watched uh, Atlanta United and I watched the Orlando NYC, uh, I mean, the Red Bulls game simultaneously. They had both TVs up. Mm. So, the, the when they did VAR in the Atlanta game up up in um, that was bullshit too they did it they, in the same Orlando game VAR happened at the exact same, same time, time. Yep. conspiracy <laughs> I tell you what they, they ain't want Atlanta to be great I'm telling you I sat there and watched Dom Dwyer was on sides yeah. um, who was it Gressel was yeah. it Was it? Yeah. they call it offside Gressel yeah. was on side Gressel was offside but Martinez was on sides yeah. and they called both but once Joseph was offside I was like bro like, yeah. like, how do you, like how do you the one time right yeah. one time he was in the right spot he's like I've been practicing all year for this and he couldn't get it but like conspiracy hey I don't know but it happened at the exact same time. I don't know who's running the booths over there. Well, like, I mean, remember, everything is all done, like, you know, centrally. So, 
they had they had ample time to be like, okay, like how this one look? Okay, how this one look? Okay, let's give let's list up a coin. Okay, Red Bulls got this. Okay, got that's, this. It. that's it. But the Red Bulls can really say like they they finally won silverware after what. 26 years? I mean, they've, they've won a couple supporters shield. Of course, they just haven't gotten the uh, MLS Cup. And I, th- I still don't think they're going to get it this year. But, you know, hey, every, if, if that's what they're, they're cool with. Hey, supporters shield for them. Like, I, I think that, you know, come uh, right now, the way things are looking, uh, in order for Red Bulls and Atlanta United to meet up, they meet up in the conference finals. And, yeah, if that happens, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the show – we, we might take him on down this for, year. For our sake, though, I will say that, like, that matchup, if it turns out to be D.C. United and Red Bulls in that next round, mm-hmm. that's going to be a hell of a game. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. The way D.C. is playing right now, especially on their own field, I mean, they're a scary sight. But yeah, at the same right. time, Red Bulls have been in trouble for us. Either way, one of them is getting canceled out for us. That's yeah. For us. <laughs> Hopefully they can beat each other up. <laughs> dude. If dude. we, you know, it, it's rough. I mean, we're going through uh, NYCFC. And that's assuming that we get past that. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we have to go through that. Uh, luckily, our players are coming back. They're coming back healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a good time to have that take. You know what I mean? It's, it, hopefully we can go in there, handle our business on the road. And they come home, you know, our record show, we performed better on the road this year than, yeah. than at home. So if we can go there to Which Yankee says a Stadium. Lot. Yeah, that's right. It says a lot. We can go to Yankee Stadium and actually, like, go up there and show them when South got something to say. The toy, like, the it, toy box. Yeah, the like, box, it, man. Yeah, man. It'll be worth It's tight. It, 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 it plays against the way we play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Because, I mean, anyone who's obviously followed New York City FC, they play in – you know, Yankee Stadium, which, which of course is a baseball stadium. And, yeah, the dimensions uh, for their soccer pitch inside the stadium is quite tiny. And, of course, Atlanta United, they, they predicate a lot of their attack on having space. And so I think that – honestly, I think it's, it's a it's a blessing, blessing in disguise that, uh, that our game is on the road first. Just because, you know, since – we ha- had that shitter against uh, Toronto, and I think if we played at home first, there probably would be more jitters. Yeah, yeah. and and that false confidence. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that just the uh, the ability to you know kind of get all those first game jitters out of the way. Of course, uh, Almiron's coming back. Uh, Garza, you know, he he just made his return after about what five five six months off yeah, um, for injury. He just came back against uh, against Toronto. You know, just the ability to kind of work out, you know, those kinks, especially, and then go ahead and get that uh, get a game out of the way, especially on that off last pitch. You know, that that's something that I think that come next weekend when 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 the uh, second leg comes here, assuming everyone's still healthy we'll be in a lot better shape. So I, I think that, you know, Sunday should be good. Sunday should be good. You know, like even if, you know, it's, it's uh, a draw or if we do manage to win, I think just having that game on the road and just away from kind of the pressure cooker that, that, they, that they can be here will actually actually benefit us. And I also think we don't have to worry about, like, fans. I mean, NYCFC just doesn't really show up as much as we do at games too. So that's well, nobody does. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course they're not pulling seventy thousand, but like, <laughs> um, like the la- the game they had yesterday, I think they only had ten thousand in the game. Yeah, and granted, it was Halloween. You know, it makes it harder and everything, but still, they're not going to put those numbers, so it makes it a less daunting task. Did y'all Did y'all watch the actually the the Portland game, uh, Portland Dallas game last night? And I don't know if y'all just happen to notice like the crowds and everything. How empty it is. And you know, like like that's something that I think that you know, obviously you can't you can't help, you know, a schedule at times. I mean, it's Halloween, you know, parents got kids and everything, they say it's a school night and all that. But, you know, there's definitely has to be something to be said as far as like especially for a lot of these teams who have been around for a while, just doing better as far as, you know, strengthening their fan base so that, you know, on days like that, you know, you're still able to get a pretty good turnout, you know. And they see, of course, you said NYCFC, they they struggled as well. Of course, you're right in the middle of New York City. Like, you know how big New York City is. Like, you should be able to, to fill that thing in no matter what. You know, it's, it's not like it's over in Georgia like, like the Red Bulls are. You're in the heart of the city. 
and you're and you're still you know it's it's, it's about half full. So I, I I definitely think that that's something that I I, I I think the MLS needs to really take a look at how they plan this out as far as future things because that three day turnaround after decision day mm-hmm. they go straight into the playoffs and a midweek game. I mean, and then if you go into that next round, that's another three four days. Of, yeah. Turnaround. Yeah. So you're it, playing two day, two games, two three games, maybe in a week's time almost. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like the way the league is built now. I mean, because they're trying to have that decision day be important, right? And then they're trying to shove the playoffs in there. Exactly. And get it. It's they like we got shitty. Problems. Yeah. And it's like we got to get it done <laughs> well, by this day. Well, and I mean, so it, it's tough. Well, I mean, the th- the thing about it there is obviously just with the schedule because you got to think about it. You know the. Last game of the season usually falls at the end of October. Right. What and then you have uh, MLS Cup usually like the the second Sunday, second weekend in in December. Right. And but the thing that kind of throws everything all off is you have a international break. You know, in, in another week or so, and so you you have that, and of course you have Thanksgiving, which of course everyone's gonna be like, hey, I want to be home with my family, right. and. So like it really leaves MLS kind of in a no-win situation where, you know, how do we get these games in, and you know, and not screw up too much as far as what uh, the momentum that teams might have um, as far as their form and all that. And of course, depending on you know who gets called up, you know, like some teams, some players are able to are they get that luxury of being able to stay home, you know, because. Because they might uh, get a favor called in for them, but at the same time, if if you're called up and you have to play, of course you're taking those risks as far as like you're getting hurt. And next thing you know, your team doesn't ha- doesn't ha- can't rely on you to um to go through the rest of the way. That's that's a big 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 uh, risk for them. And you know, how 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 do you how do you reconcile that? Like honestly. You know, everyone says, you know, you flip the schedule. But, like, the way American sports are, our playoffs happen when it's, like, not ideal situations. So, the strong will survive. That's kind of the way our sports are built here. I mean, except for NBA. NBA is a little bit backwards. But it's, you know, football, everything. It's the winter time is when your playoffs happen. So, I don't think we'd ever change that. But maybe if we front load like we start our season a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And then, because I always said, like, our, our MLS Cup should be around Thanksgiving. Like, that Saturday of yo, Thanksgiving. Yo, like, families are there. Yeah, and it yeah. just becomes like, because no one really watches the, the Thanksgiving Day football mm-hmm. game anymore. So, if you can kind of build those people that are town with their families and they watch the game on Saturday, mm-hmm. like, I, that's how you start building people. Like, oh, shoot, that was fun to watch with my nephew. Yep. Let me follow it in the spring. I'm cool. Make it, make it a true family event. Right. So, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because, of course, uh, I'm, I'm definitely one person who would definitely love this schedule to be fixed. But I've always said, like, if you kept it the way it is, definitely, I think the the prime spot is either on Black Friday, that day after Thanksgiving, or that Saturday. I think that because what you end up um, having on on that week, of course, you have people who are who are already at home, you know, enjoying enjoying their families, you know, watching TV anyway. So you you definitely have you have an increased potential audience able to to watch your product. Two, uh, you know, depending on where uh, on the final is, you probably end up having even more people available to come to the game because, of course, you know, Just people people are going home watch, watching watching yeah. their families and everything. Yeah. So. You know, like if you did it, that would actually be perfect. Yeah. Uh, of course, any anyone that's 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 seen my my Twitter rant, rantings from time to time, uh, you definitely. Um, I'm I'm a person that's pro pro well. I'm pro changing the schedule. You know, all those things that I think that would make uh, obviously MLS better, but also the national team, uh, U.S. national team, better as well, and. You know, but I think that you know you can you can make uh, this this schedule work. I think the biggest thing there is that one you you have to not be afraid of playing midweek games. I know for a lot a lot of teams that's almost like kryptonite because no one ever shows nobody, up during the week. Yeah, nobody shows up. But, but without that, you know, you basically have to load everything up on the weekends, and yeah, you're you're kind of stuck. Like I, like I wish that. 
that uh, U.S. Open Cup games were on, were on could be held on weekend uh, dates. Yeah, all that stuff. So you know, there's definitely you know, as good as things are going right now, there's definitely room for improvement there as far as the schedule goes. But you know, obviously, you have to work with what you work with. At least in the meantime, and I think that you know, for the teams that that have at least earned their way as far as have, have not having to play during the knockout round. Hopefully they take advantage of it because you know, I, it's it's almost a gift and a curse when you don't when you don't get that midweek game because you're basically just sitting at home. You know, yeah. you're you're healing up, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's not this, if you're like United where you're coming off a, a bad loss. It's like sometimes you need to go back out there and say, hey, let's let's get back at it and uh, and, and get things back in order. So it, it can kind of go with the way. Yeah. So. What's your guys' predictions uh, next round of playoffs? Atlanta United, New York. What you guys think? Uh, well, right now that I think I think we're at halftime with uh, DC United and Columbus. They right. Uh, it's, it's one yeah, one. Yeah, it's one one right now. So you know that can go either way tonight. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards uh, DC United being able to pull that one out. So that would make it uh, DC United and uh, and Red Bulls, and uh, then LAFC and uh, we all felt like they got the late game tonight. Uh, right now, we're actually recording uh, uh, while the DC United game is on right now, and uh, I think that I actually think LAFC should um, should get that one. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> this is one thing. Not to cut you off, Greg. This this is a league. Let me tell y'all, this is a league about tradition. It, the the teams that perform the, like they're the, these teams, they may look like they're barely making it throughout the season, but when it comes time to the playoffs, it's like their mindset flips. LAFC is still a young team. LAFC is Atlanta last year. They're hot. But I really think, I don't think they're going to be able to handle it tonight. I think they're going to choke. I think that pressure is going to get to them because there's that glory. It's like we're going to be the first expansion team to go all the way. And then a lot of these kids. Actually, not to cut you off, but that's actually the reason why I think they will. Because actually the first, the one and only team who have won an MLS Cup in their first year was coached by LAFC's Bob Bradley. I was, I was just and, about to bring that up. And, and of course, but there was four teams in, in MLS back then. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's a, I know. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, like Bob, Bob Bradley is their, is their X factor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and having that, having a home game at that, I think that they should be able to get like. Of course, if it was, I think like that's the difference between them and what Atlanta United had last year. Did we play at home last year? Yeah, we, we all played at home. <laughs> the, the what key, happened last damn year? PKs. But the, the key difference there is Bob Bradley. Yeah. Like you know, obviously he knows he knows MLS, he knows American soccer, and I think that with. Having that type of leadership at the top, who actually is familiar with the product and, and knows what the playoffs are about, I think that should go a long way for him. Like, like I think that I like my personal prediction um, for at least for the West. Um, I think it's probably going to be either LAFC or Seattle to mix it out to the most Cup final. Assuming it's not Atlanta United for um for the East, uh, I actually think it's going to be DC United. DC United Blasphemous in the East. Blasphemous and call yourself a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be too much of a homer. I want I want to at least provide, you know, you know there's, a, there's, there's alternatives here, man. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. It's interesting because, like, with this DC United-Columbus game, especially what Columbus did to us last year, like, yeah. I did not think Columbus was going to do what they did. And honestly, when they got the equalizer tonight against DC – I like I it's really gonna be interesting to see how DC reacts to that. Because they're yeah. home, you know, and then Columbus they have that energy right now. Their club has been saved, like I mean, everyone's staying, they're excited and things like that. So they have a lot to play for right now. Show their fans like, hey, we're here for a reason. So the, I mean they're playing with a city on their back. You know, yeah, yeah, and kind of DC. I mean, they've been on the they've been on a hell of a winning streak. They picked up the right pieces at the right time. So that's gonna be a really, really interesting game. But um, with, like Atlanta and New York City, like we've already talked about that one. It, so wait, wait, so is Atlanta coming out then? Atlanta will be NYCFC. 
There's only one team in in New York that we can't beat, and they're red. So, unfortunately, so I really hope that somebody will handle the Red Bulls for us. So then we have a chance to actually go to MLS Cup playoff. I mean, final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, assuming now DC United makes makes it out tonight, you know, that that matchup between them and Red Bulls, you know, that's going to be a a real slobber knocker. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a real broad course. You know, they're, they're natural rivals, you know, from, from the beginning of MLS. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, and of course, and right now they're both playing really strong. So, you know, I, I think that Darby's back. <laughs> so, so you're really going to get uh, a matchup where everyone's, you know, on their game. Every, everyone's going to be, you know, locked in. Like that's gonna be good, of course. You know, Columbus could still, you know, come in and 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 mess things up. But I think, assuming it's, it's DC United, that's gonna be one to watch for sure. Can, yeah. I, can I throw this out? There's one thing I'm sad about this game, though. What's up? We got two black goalkeepers in. Well, oh yeah, gotta go down, man. I'm yeah, just sad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, he's had a long story career, and now you know Zach Steffen is really, you know, he's the kind of future for the U.S. But see, that's was that's was awesome about it it's yeah. like the anchor of like these two teams yeah. it's like you got the young black guy yeah, and the, the old black guy, guy. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's crazy when you think Bill Hamid's the old, old the guy. old I know, I know. <laughs> like but, that's crazy but he's a vet man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but that's that's what shows the growth of MLS that Zach Steffen I mean young kid come out here and he's getting first team minutes starting goal because Traditionally, you always have the older keepers in the, in the stick. So, like, Columbus, them trusting, you know, something a testament with Burr is doing up there. He trusts his kids. You yeah, know? yeah. The, the, the so-called heir apparent, you know, like we, we, we might be seeing him in, in red, white, and blue in a, in a couple of months. But, you know, I can't think will. that. If we have a name, somebody. Yeah, that's, it, that's it. Dude, dude, dude. One of these days, man. Golly. It's been over a year. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Can, can, like, can we can we get on that real quick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. So gas them up. You know, it's obviously for everyone who knows you the U.S. You know, obviously they missed the World Cup this year, and and the know, Olympics. Yeah, Olympics a couple of years ago. Lost the Gold Cup. Yeah, yeah. It's bitter. It's bitter. It's bitter. It's bitter. Man, come on. It's almost. It's almost been a, like a decade of of bad U.S. soccer, yeah. but. Since this time we we felt to miss the uh, the make the World Cup, we've gone without a permanent head coach. Of course, we've we've um, we've been playing all of this past year with the interim coach Dave Sarakin, and yeah, we're still waiting. And and you know, like at some point, you just have to wonder, like 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 Taylor Twelman said, "What are we doing? What, what the fuck?" <laughs> it's literally I, I, like I think like I know we've talked about it before. I really think. The guy we wanted wasn't available at the time, and then we're waiting. I really think that. Hold on, who's who's that guy? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't but the guy, the guy we wanted took a job. You know, he said he kind of committed and just flipped his hat real quick. It was like psych. So now they're going for number two, and I think the number two guy will be somebody on MLS. I really, I really think the way the timelines are lined up, especially but, but when they say they're going to announce a coach. But here's the thing about that: a manager for you, you know, Euro snobs out there. Assuming you know it's, it's someone from MLS, whether it be Burhalter, whether it be well, it probably won't be Tata. No, the, the way things are going, but well, uh, we, Tata still ain't said he's going to Mexico yet, y'all. No, but I don't think he's going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things where which is which job which job do y'all feel is more important? Do you think it's you know your MLS jo- uh, club job or is, or the national team? Who so, based on? I mean, I think that's a personal opinion because yeah. uh, they're two different monsters. You know, True. Managing a national team is entirely different than managing a club team. A club team, you're, you know, more into them, uh, personal level. You're with them, you know, day in, day out, twenty four seven. Whereas a club, I mean, with a national team coach, you're only seeing them what every three, four, you know, once a month, maybe. Yes, yeah, yeah. every month. So it's like a that. different. It's hard to manage, and then you know you got the weird schedule, and it's it's a different beast, and, I, and you're constantly. Change the players out. Yeah, but, but if but if you're if you're coach, like I say if you have an open uh, national team position, and someone comes to you and says, "Okay, we want you to coach the national team," are you going to go to it and be like, "Okay, you know, 
I got this. I got this club thing going on, man. But you know, I, honestly, I, 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 hit me up about, about about five weeks, man. I got you, man. I, I got you. To me, I really feel the national team job is like the old man's game. You know what I mean? It's you know, you're, it's more it's more tactical. You're thinking grandiose, and I think it's the more successful coaches are kind of older. When it comes to it. So it's like you do your time in the club level, the day-to-day, you're managing the kids, you're developing, mm-hmm. you're, you're working with the scouts and things like that. And then you get tired of that. You know, you get you get kind of exhausted that day-to-day. So with the national team coach, it's pretty much you're just managing egos. It's like you've done the big superstars at the club level. Mm-hmm. Now it's just they come there, it's like, hey, and you just stroke their egos. Like, hey, man, yeah, man, you, you whooped their ass this weekend. And, you know, it, that's it. it, it take, that's take it. Good work, son. That's it. Good work. Good way. Hey, here you go. Some, you know, here you go, man. Here's some drinks. Yeah, you go out tonight and stuff like that. So I really think that's what it's about. And I really think that like, we'll take Tata, for example. It's mm-hmm. like he kind of seemed tired this season versus last season. Like, mm-hmm. like he seems more tired. I don't know if he's out of it, but I think him going to take a national team job is a good fit where he is right now in his career. So okay. that's why I say, like, if they are, if they do approach like a Burhalter or Ben Olsen or somebody like that, they're still young, they're still hungry, you know. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because, like, you know, having watched, uh, you know, soccer from all over, and uh, actually like like paying attention to the the Man United situation, you know, with with Mourinho, it's like it's it's kind of similar to that situation where like you. Do you need someone who's already proven, or do you want to go with someone who's young? And I think that for a national team position, you know, the, of course, depending on you know where that program is at that, at that point, you know, it might be better to have someone that's kind of older and, and someone and someone that's not really chasing after a club job, because when you have someone young, depending on how, depending on how that that uh, how they do with at that national team, that can determine you know their their future, you know, like yep. it, it, could, it could determine like, okay, am I just going to go back down to USL or can this be a catapult to, you know, a, possibly a job overseas? And, you know, when you're like under, if you're a coach under 50, it's like, like those are things that you really have to consider. We could, but like when you're over 50, you've already made your name. Yeah. You're not really pressed. You're like, Hey, you know, y'all, y'all coming to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, I think that's definitely something that you know. That's, that's actually a pretty good point. You know, that that might narrow it down as far as like who we who we end up looking at. Well, yeah, I think that's why Tata probably wouldn't be a good selection. Not because of the whole Spanish thing or anything like that. I think that because Tata, he's been proven and everything like that, and he's an older guy, mm-hmm. and he's not really trying to focus too much on the nitty gritty of like, okay, how's our youth development system going, you know, right. at the U seventeen levels, how are we looking? Right. Whereas someone who's, you know, under fifty, they got time to think about that and think about mm-hmm. the future and say, hey, yo, I need to worry about the next World Cup run. If I'm still gonna be here, I gotta make sure that those kids that are coming up, that my mission, my vision, my goals are put in at the lower level, mm-hmm. at the younger level, so it then transfers over in time. Whereas Tata, if he comes into let's just say Mexico yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they got the talent for days. Yeah. He's coming in. He's just like, look here. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm gonna have the X Y Z players come through. Mm-hmm. They gonna get on board. All right. Yeah. And we gonna do work. That's it. You know. And he's not really worried about that whole youth development part. He doesn't. I mean, that's he's got. He delegates that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's not really trying to get in that nitty gritty. Whereas whoever's the young coach that comes into the U S. They're going. You, you, to you have you have a you have a pretty big. Uh, job that you have to take up because of course you're basically rebuilding your your national team pool because obviously not only do you have 2022 to worry about you you pretty much are setting the table up for 2026 when the World Cup is here mm-hmm. and so you're basically like you have you have to have a long term vision for where the program is going even if you're not really going to be there for 2026 you have to say okay there's a table set. So whether I'm here or not, we're we're in good shape. Some coaches do look at like, look at it in the in the immediate, but like I said, depending on you know the type of job that's necessary, you have to really you know have that big picture view. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, the way U.S. soccer is, <laughs> look, 
I, for some reason, it just hit me. I think Bob Bradley will get the job. No. The way you hear that soccer is, I, it's like, I really think. I don't even, I think you're <laughs> right, man. I, 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 like, it's, how, like, it's crazy, like, when you think about it, but it's like, he really, ha- he has all the right, he has, he checks for all the right boxes. I think he's our need. guy for 2026. Yeah? I firmly believe he's our guy for 2026. So that means Klinsman will be back for Bruce back. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, you know, like I said, I, I, I do think there's a good chance that uh, that it, it probably will be Burrhalter as far as, as far as this next cycle um, goes. But I definitely think that, you know, they're setting the table up for, you know, Bob Bradley for 2026. So I think that he's the guy that obviously you want as the coaching face of our team going into a World Cup that's going to be held here. See, I feel that I think Burhalter would be the better face for it. Like, I think Bob can develop that system that we need. And then you, it's like a transition, like the old guard to the new guard going into down that infrastructure. And, yep. then that, and then the next. Because, I mean, because think about it, Bob Bradley, he ain't a young man. 2026 yeah. is a long time from now. So then you get him, you, he sets it up, right? Mm-hmm. He puts the right people into place to make sure that, you know, we, we handle our business in the Gold Cup. Uh, we make sure we get somebody in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. We do the um, CONCACAF League of Champions, whatever that mm-hmm. is coming up. Yeah. Um, League of Nations, whatever the hell it is. Just, he, just League, Right, yeah. he does that. He goes to Qatar. We do what we do in Qatar. Mm-hmm. But the reason why Bob is there to build us to, you know, to when, when we play the America's, the America's World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that he, a change of guard, Burhalter gets it. And then they go from there. That would be my prediction if I was the president of U.S. Soccer. Oh, I mean, that's that's, a, that's that's not a bad um, plan plan there because I, I think that <laughs> hey, man, I, hey, I, I, I think hey. that wait, wait, I wait, think wait, that wait. Cl- I think at uh-huh. what's up. Bob Bradley's older than Tata. You know, yeah, yeah that's what I said. He's sixty years old. That's what I said. To like Bob for Bob to go. I think Bob came back to MLS to get that itch again, right? So let's see, 2026, he'll be 68. That's old. That's what I said. That's what I said. What you said is crazy. Qatar is more doable. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, how old was Roy Hodges? I mean, just roll him out. That's it. Roy Hodgson, like that dude was just old. Hey man, that dude's been like 78 for like like 20 years, man. So yeah, but. uh, but yeah, just getting back to uh, you know, what what else has um, been going on. Well, so what what have y'all been watching lately? I know uh, we had a uh, El Clasico over the weekend. Uh, Real Madrid got smoked, smacked. Uh, smacked. fired their coach. You know, it's like crisis mode. Like yeah. I, I watched I watched like a good. Uh, I think I watched the first half when uh, uh, Barcelona went up two uh, 0 and I was just like. Yeah, this might this might not go well because I didn't think it would be like five one bad, but yeah. <laughs> but I think I love the parallel. I saw a parallel on Bleacher Report. Shout out to them. They were saying like um, LeBron, like LeBron leaving Cleveland. Their their kind of their record, and then uh, Ronaldo leaving Real Madrid. And it's just oh. like it is crazy how much uh, like energy and power that those two players had on their former teams. Yeah. It's like Real Madrid is like a shell of who they were. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is a shell of who they were. And it's it's very interesting. Like the clubs I, are I, right I, now. I didn't realize Real Madrid was, was based in Cleveland because you know everybody just been losing their job. That's true. Hey, but you never know, man, because I really think that uh Talu, who even not to change sports, he going to LA, so who knows? Real Madrid, uh, what's his name? <laughs> he might have a job in front. Man, listen. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, I don't think, I think people underestimate, like, how much of an impact losing, not not just Ronaldo, but also losing uh, Zidane, Zidane. Yeah. Um, um, really would have an impact on this team, you know, because, like, you're, they're, they're on pace for, like, their worst start in, like, a good 70 years, mm-hmm. and, you know, Obviously, for for a team for a club with the status of Real Madrid, you can't lose half your game starting off the season. Like that's just that's, that's just Man United that's, type stuff. Man. Yeah, but see, going there, man. It's too, too soon, man. Too soon. But, but coach, like my my thing is, man, these are supposed to be professionals, right? Yeah. 
a coach shouldn't have that much sway on these professional players at this level, in my opinion. You should, but at the same it time, does, you know, I'm man. a firm, I'm a firm believer in you know coaching the 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 when you have like there's there's definitely a difference when you have someone who is truly a great coach, you know, if because of course they they teach the game, they are really able to get on a meta mental type of level where you know if you just have like a you know you're just getting someone that's just getting by. You know, it, it definitely ultimately, you know, affects the team. You know, like uh, Riel's uh, uh, coach, that they just fired, uh, of course. He, it's not like he really had a solid uh, club managerial career. And, like, of course, he was managing the, the Spanish national team. But, of course, that's a different beast as compared to uh, coaching at the club level. And there are some, there are some coaches who do well on the national team um, aspect. And then you have coaches who do better as far as on the on the club level. Yeah, you know that's why like you that's why like you really never saw uh, you haven't seen Mourinho uh, coach in, uh, in the national team. Yeah, that's why you never really saw you still haven't seen Carlo Ancelotti uh, coach the national team, which is kind of insane to me. Yeah, but uh, you know like some coaches just work better in different environments, and I think that. I'm not going to mess up his name. It's Le, Le Petit, But yeah. Uh, yeah. Spell check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put, put a marker in red Try, line. try to the head out of hard. Red line on that one. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, like he did very well with the Spanish team. And then, of course, when he took the Real Madrid job, of course, it was right before the World Cup. And basically, you, you set yourself up uh, to, now you, that hire came at a very bad time. A horrible time. Yeah. And basically, you haven't sh- shaken off that that bad juju. Yeah. And and like I said, for a club like Real, it's like, hey, we we ain't got time, you know, to for this type of you know transition. Like you know, we got we got results to make. Like we're, we're three t- three straight um, Europe uh, Champions League winners. So you know, you got to find out like who's going to be next. Whether it be um, they hired a. Solari from their from their youth team. I'm not sure if you know if he's gonna uh, stay on permanently or, you know. I mean, you got you got winger that's a winger that's available. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, there's, there's options. There's options. <laughs> winger, seriously, you, you know there, what? I, I keep seeing the name thrown out, but I look at the, I'm like, seriously, yeah, he's old, man. No, we gotta right, stop. He's old, old but, thing, but it's just like not his style. I don't think. Would be what Real would want, as far as like the total brand of Real. Actually, I I, I disagree on that because of course one he's you know he's French like Zidane, and, yeah. and of course I think as far as the style so of play, Henri's French. No. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think as far as just his yeah, personal style, Henri. <laughs> I think stylistically on the pitch he fits, but I think as far as like just. If he carries any, any bit of that cheap cheap ass shit that he was doing at Arsenal, because they like to spin it real. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's like, why it ain't gonna work. <laughs> like you can't be cheap. You can't be cheap at real. That's just not gonna work. He'll walk in there and say, "Give me the checkbook." <laughs> Close it. Yeah, we're, we're done here. Good. Good for next time. I, I did my job. <laughs> you know, and like like that's where the conflict really comes into play with him. Because yeah. You know, he's definitely you know made a a, a strong name off of not really hitting uh, the the transfer market that's that strong. So, and like I said, they, and Real is definitely a transfer market heavy kind of club. So, I think as far as that goes, yeah, it's probably not going to uh, fit all that well. But you know, like I said you you can't just have any any coach coaching uh, Real Madrid. Like that's going to be a real tough. Uh, uh, they're they're in a tough spot right now. I mean, like you look at coaches, a lot of times it's trying to get that balance of if they can do the X's and O's, mm-hmm. and if they can do the personnel management. Yeah, you gotta have that ba- basically that balance. But I think like when you get to that level of you know the Reals, the Barca's, PSG's now, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> you have to be able to manage more personalities, almost heavier. In the X's and O's. Of course, you have your tactics. Yeah, because uh, Sergio Ramos was just saying that, that that exact same thing earlier this week. It's like, you know, when you get to a club at that level, you they know the game. You know, they can all play. They all can play. 
you know, it's, it's not like, you know, you really have to really teach them a whole lot. Of course, right. you know, obviously you're, they're still mastering their game, but it's, you're, you're not, ha- you're not having to, you know, walk them through things. No. Whereas, but it's like, it's just like you said, like, you know, like, you know, you have players who are, they're leaders on their national teams, you know, like they're basically the top players mm-hmm. of, of their sport. So, you know, you definitely have to stroke some egos. You mm-hmm. have to, you know, make everyone feel feel good about, you know, where where they are and and their particular spot. Like that, like just that particular man management goes a long way. Some coaches are able to do it. Some, are, I think that Zidane really did a like, especially seeing where things are now. It really makes you look at me like, yo, like he really was doing his thing, and especially after that, for that to be his first managerial job. Yeah, his first real position. Yeah, yeah like that, like that's just. Incredible. Well, and also at that level, you got really managed players 12 through 18. Yeah. Because 1 through 11. Right. But those 12 to 18, like, they can go be a star pretty much almost yeah. anywhere else. Anywhere, yeah. And kind managing of. them to keep them interested and happy and entertained. Yeah. You know, as, as far as, you know, you saw with Ishko and the whole bail thing, that was a little tricky and everything. They yeah. were able to get through that situation. Yeah. Um, keep them both on board still. But that's the interesting concept you guys are talking about is managing that locker room because, like, you know, we talk about Manchester United. Like, I mean, there's so much talent there. It just seems like there's, like, a disarray. Like, I don't know if it's uh, the coaching. Like, everyone says Mourinho. But I just really think there's something wrong with that locker room. Mm -hmm. And there was, like, I don't know. It was, like, Giggsy, like, kind of held that locker room together. And there's no old head in the locker room because they've – Shipped everybody out. Right. Everyone has left. So Karen there, was the old guy, but now he's part of the coaches. I mean, like, yeah. Like, yeah, like here's 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 what you have there. Of course, you know, coach and I, like, we, we've followed United for, for a long time there. And it comes down to a couple of things. One, uh, Sir Alex is, is another guy, like, you know, like, when you look back at just, you know, especially like this, consider, like, when the Premier League started from when – the Premier League starts when he retired in 2013. He never finished below third, mm-hmm. and that type of run God, we is insane. <laughs> we were spoiled. It was, and, <laughs> it was, it was a different thing. time. There, oh, there wasn't oh, any TV I, money. No, but here's the thing: because like you, you obviously eras change. You know, of course, you know players leave and everything. But to be able to keep that standard for that amount of time. Especially now when everyone like coaches hardly last like three seasons nowadays. Yeah. And you're telling me like he did that for twenty I think that was like twenty two years straight. Like that like did they have that type of drive and keep that motivation on year on year on year on year? That goes a long way. Secondly, um for Manchester United, like unlike when the money got big in, in England, uh of course, you had Chelsea, uh, you had you had Arsenal, and like but like they 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 made their like of course even like even sitting like Man City when when they got their money, you they all went for talent elsewhere, right? For the most part, May United was probably probably the one big four t- club that kept a domestic core, whether yeah. it be English, Scottish, oh, Irish, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And so, do you but, think is the new management group is it's kind of killed that culture because they're like that's, we that, that's they're the like we, right we gotta sell jerseys we got it's a global game now so it's gotta be sexy and, it's like some some guy from middle middle of England out of Wolf, Wolverhampton he's not sexy enough to sell jerseys so yeah, let's go get us a nice hot Brazilian and throw him out there stuff like that and, 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 that's, and that's and that's the real struggle right now because obviously. You have a guy like Mourinho, of course, he made his name at Chelsea. He he never really promoted a lot of kids to the first team no, like that. Notorious for not doing that. Yeah. And here you are, you're coming to a club like Manchester United where you've had a you've had a homegrown player in the year eleven for like going on like eighty eighty something years now. Mm-hmm. And you know, skirmish. Uh oh, we got it. So we got a hey, we got yeah, a we got a t- coming we, out. Yeah, we we got we, we got a almost fights in uh, DC and in uh, Columbus. Almost fights going on. Yeah, chest, chest. <laughs> That's it. Ain't nobody gonna swing though. No, no. <laughs> but we, we got we got we got time for these. Everybody can catch these hands. That's you know? it. But, but yeah, what you're saying. But yeah, like 
like what you what you end up struggling with now is you have a coach now that like I say he's very iffy on bringing up uh, bringing up homegrown talent, and and then of course you have the commercial aspect where you're like okay we got to get this big star to, to to sell these jerseys, and it's definitely a struggle he as far as oh snap he goes to coast oh, and you're trying to. You're trying to keep that that balance between okay, we want to be a big metro, you know, this big name club, but we still want to have that 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 hometown feel. Because like of course, like you got you have guys like Rashford and, and Lingard who came up, but of course you're you're offsetting that with guys like Lukaku and uh, right. Marcus Rojo and and Juan Mata, and you know it it do definitely caused a conflict. Do you think that when Jose became the manager mm-hmm. that everybody in the locker room was bought in. At the time, no, because you got to remember at that point. I think that was the key thing because when he was at Chelsea, mm-hmm. and I think especially with Drogba and them, you know, they they were truly bought in. Although, well, there's maybe one or two that weren't. Yeah. I still think that the locker room only fifty percent, if that, I, well, really bought in. There's 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 two issues there. One. Uh, obviously, there there were enough guys at United back then. Of course, that look at Mourinho as a Chelsea guy. Right. Uh, secondly, you know, they they hired Mourinho basically like almost they announced the hiring almost immediately after uh, Man United won the FA Cup on, with um, with Van Gaal. Right. Yeah. So you know, you're basically saying, okay, hey, thanks for winning us this trophy. You're out. Oh, man, so on. so it it definitely. It put that hiring on bad footing already, mm-hmm. and and then of course, like I said, just Mourinho being Mourinho, you know that's something where, um, you know you you have to take you know what he does and how he does it with a lot a lot of grains. And of salt. you had the Mata piece because remember Mata? Yeah, they had that beef yeah. <laughs> from jump. Yeah. But this is Mourinho. This is third year. Yeah, there. So he should have all the pieces he needs to, for this to be the right season, for him to make a run with this team like he's done with his teams in the past. If they had given him the money to spend over the summer, you know that that might have been the case. Like yeah, because you got to remember, you know, uh, Man City la- la- uh, last season they spent over four hundred million just on their back line alone. Yeah, and you know for the most part, uh, who's the last last guy that? Not as spit on as far as on a defender like Lindelof. <laughs> yeah, and and he's barely played. He's you know, so I mean, know, like, they did resign Shaw. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. Shaw. I don't think he Shaw. Else man, really. <laughs> I'm just, I ain't think he had but, but that, I think, but also, you know, we talked about the whole piece of you know managers being able to implement their tactics and style of play and everything. We all knew going in that. Well, we should have all known going mm-hmm. in that Moreno doesn't play sexy football. Not really. No, and that's he got, not he got United is known for that. It's yeah, attack, 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 attack. That's it. And that's and, you, and the thing about it is that yeah, you actually have players who you can who you can do that with. Like you have, you have Lukaku, Rashford, you yeah. have Lukaku, you have Martial, you have oh. Lingard. Like you have guys. That on any good day should be able to give you three, four goals, no problem. What was it last weekend or was it two weeks ago when we played Chelsea? Mm-hmm. It, you saw that flash. Yeah. It was, it, you, it was, yeah. I was just sitting there like they're there, and it's just like that's the thing. I was like the players just they're just not they're not bought in. That's what I'm saying. They're not oh. bought into. I just think it's gonna be they, they want they, they want that freedom. Of course, like you have a, a truckload of players right now in their last year of their deals, and they're looking at this like. They yeah. gone. They're gone. They're, Either way, they're gone. They're gone. Even if Mourinho's there, still there or not, yeah, they're gone. Because I mean, if, I don't. I don't think you want to see to me. I mean, they, Martial's going back to France. Easy. What about DDG? It, that's gonna be a tough one because I think yeah. that you know, obviously, with uh, I know Real was was chasing them for the longest time, but now that they have Courtois, like you don't really need the head. No. And, and, and for a player of that stature. Uh, and and ability, especially he's still like what twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, he's, like, he's young, yeah, so it's yeah. like he's already like where can he go that really won't be a lot of conflict? Because of course that you're not gonna he's probably not gonna go to a United rival, so that takes out City and Chelsea and all that. 
But it's 27. You know, you know but, you know, there, there's there's not too many teams that one can afford him and two, you know, could uh, could really use him. Like, like unless, I think the only team that, that might be able to might, is probably like PSG. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're investing in, what's his name? What's the uh, keeper name there? Allison? No. Yeah, Allison, no, no, yeah. no, Allison's in Liverpool. No, Allison, um, what's the kid's name? He's a young guy. Uh, Ariola. Yeah, Ariola. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're going to see Exus this after the season. Um, no, I was reading reports of you know some other keepers that they're lining up. There's Russian kid. Um, he's only like 22 years old or whatever. Um, to just in case David Hare goes. I don't know. Man, it's sad. You know, I always think that Rashford. There's no reason why Rashford should not be like one of the top ten guys. Yeah, I mean, he has a skill set. He has a pace. He has, I mean, that je ne sais quoi. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He has those things. No, I mean, like, but he's been handcuffed. This yeah, whole basically, time. what you have, but what you have, United, is you have three strikers, and two of them are being made to play winger, and yeah. it's, it is just it ain't it's, not, it's not working at all. Just yeah. like when Henri was a winger, it wasn't working. Got to get that man up top. Yeah, and, and like like that kind of stuff, you know. It definitely goes against like one. I've in my life, uh, uh, as long as I've watched Mourinho, you've never really seen him really feature a a true winger like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like because of course, like the, probably the one exception might be Ronaldo, but that's Ronaldo. Well, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, you, you can go to you can go to his first Chelsea run. You can go to uh, Inter Milan. You can go to, like I said, outside Real. of uh, Real, outside of Ronaldo, yeah. and even like even like when when he came back to Chelsea, like it wasn't like he was really using um, Hazard the same way. Nope. So, you know, you definitely, uh, I think for for the the type of players that that Man United has, it's one of those things where you know. I think for the longest time, United's been working with something where they have too many guys for the same positions, and they're just trying to make it work. Like that, like that's been that's been going on since since uh, they they bought uh, Van Persie uh, for uh, and tried to figure out why, where, where okay where we put uh, Wayne Rooney, and like shoot if if not for that, he's probably um, still at Man United and not, and not here on what on DC United. And and on top of all that, just. At best, par defending. Yeah. At best, par defending, as far as defenders go. You know, uh, besides, you know, the likes of when we have Vittage and Ferdinand, um, you know, Smalling and Jones. Oof. I mean. It, it had their flags. Like, I actually think that, like, the, the best defender they have is actually um, Bailly. Bailly is my boy. Yeah. But, but, he's in, but, he's, but he, yeah, stays he stays injured. hurt. Yeah. He stays hurt. He's fragile. Yeah. But see, it goes back to what we were talking about with managers. I think it's right now it's time Mourinho needs to take his talents to the like, national teams. Like, he needs to go coach some national teams. Like, because being defensive-minded like that is good at that level. And I, then, I think one of two things are going to happen there. One, either he does a national team or – He's another guy that, that loves America a whole lot too. He does. He, he definitely vacated. How? I, no. No. Are you thinking? No. No. Not national. No. MLS. Yes. Are you saying? But where? Oh. Are you saying what I'm thinking? You're gonna say? Not here. <laughs> He's not coming to Atlanta. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> not coming to Atlanta. I I would actually say. Oh my like, God. He, like, that he's so boring. He's, oh he's, my. Like, he's a lover of LA. Yes, and is. there is there is a coaching um, um, position Vegas, in yeah. in in, 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 uh, in L A. There is, you know, the Galaxy. So you know, we'll be back with Zlatan. We'll be back. I think. Oh yeah, matter of fact, yeah, that relationship was yeah. was with Zlatan. So like, yeah. yeah, like I think that, like I look and at Cole. I look I look at yeah, uh, Cole. Yeah. Cole is still there. Cole. Jesus, actually, <laughs> <laughs> Cole's about like seventy five years old. <laughs> <Yes. now>. Hey. <laughs> Him and Demarcus Beasley are gonna die playing soccer. <laughs> they will die playing soccer. But, but I think that you know, like I, I look at Mourinho. Like I've, I've said for the longest time that uh, Mourinho was he got burnt out at, at Real. Mm-hmm. Like like that just like you could just t- tell like when he came back to England he was just like all disheveled. Like mm-hmm. he like he looked like he like he used to dress nice and then like all of a sudden like he looked like. He ain't shaved. Great. He's great overnight. And it's 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 one of those things where like I think that he needs a job that could that could reignite his love of the game. Yeah. I think that that love is gone. 
And I think that coming to uh, MLS would actually do him a world of good. I guess I could see him doing a national team job. But I think that that probably won't come and probably until 2026, just because <laughs> the World Cup is here. <laughs> and uh, but I think that you know that's that's where I'm I'm leaning there. Like, so like assuming you know at some point everyone decides to just cut bait there. Um, as far as Mourinho and Man United, I think that if if there's a if there's a team in MLS just da- that that dares to 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 cross him, like yeah, I think he come right here. <laughs> I, I, I actually think that LA thing will be. I don't want. I, I don't want him. I don't, I don't want him here. But I, don't I think that LA thing would be something very interesting because obviously it's going to sell more tickets. Yeah, you know, um, out there and. Like we said, that Latin piece would be another appealing thing, and yeah, he'll have his, you know, nice little Hollywood home as well. It would be an LA ass move to do that because yeah, it, it's that's like it, every the writing's on the wall for it, it to be I like an LA move. I, I hadn't thought about it until we brought <laughs> yeah. it up. Like, it, it would work. It would work. Seems, that seems right. It, it would work. But don't bring his ass to the Nah. <laughs> we are attacking <laughs> club. I'm, I want to keep it that way. Please, man. But, yeah. like, honestly, like, well, back well, to the well, Premier League. Before, before, we, before we, you know, try to wrap this up, you know, of course, with, uh, with Tata announcing last week that, that he's on, on the way out. And, like I said, we don't know where he might go. He might end up in Mexico City. He might end up, you know, in Timbuktu. We don't know. We ain't, 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 ain't nobody said nothing yet. Right, but some good games out there, man. <laughs> uh, but like, who would you like to see uh, take over at um, here at uh, Lady United? All right, me personally, like, like, like there have been some names thrown out, like uh, uh, Guillermo uh, Beresclado, um from Argentina. He, yeah, of course he's a former uh, MLS MVP with the uh, Columbus Crew, and of course right now he's coaching Boca Juniors and everything, and. Uh, like, of course, he's like he's won a couple of times. Matter of fact, he he just clinched. Uh, he's uh, t- taking Boca to the Copa Libertadores final, so he's definitely doing uh, well uh, with Boca. And like, I'm thinking that for someone who actually knows the MLS product, that could be really dope to um, th- th- to have him come here. Um, but of course, you know, you never know. Like, it's like, like who would you like to see in this position? Uh, I'm an American, true and true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm American. Hey, heart of heart. They took our chance. Honestly, Carlos Bocanegra built this team. He, mm-hmm. he built it. He he found all the pieces of that. He's a great technical director. All of his buddies that he played with in the national team days and glory days in the 90s are mostly all coaches right now. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him sharpen his teeth and kind of see what he would do if he was in charge of the day-to-day coaching aspect. Like I know you guys looking at me like I'm crazy, but like no, I really, like, I really no, think no, it would no. be. I think it would be a a, a good. Uh, it would be a good thing for the for the team because he already knows the system. He knows what players works, so you don't have to go through that thing that clubs go through when a new coach goes in. They're like, I don't like him. I don't like him. And they they kill the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Players already know Bogu, You know they they already know Carlos. You know, they're already bought into a system. He's at mostly at every practice and things like that. Mm-hmm. Bring him in, hire maybe some another technical director that can kind of that knows a little bit more than what Bocanegra knew mm-hmm. and then but continue that style. That right. I mean, that's what I would like. You know, I I'm not huge on bringing, you know, coaches in from the outside. I mean, it's big. It shows how MLS has grown. Mm-hmm. Like, I read an article where it's saying, like, maybe MLS can be the proving ground for not only players trying to go to Europe, but also coaches trying to come through South America and go to Europe. So, I mean, it's, it, when I read the article, I was like, yeah, it makes sense, but how come it still can't be the proving ground for uh, American yeah, coaches to make it over there, you know? Well, I think the thing um, behind that is because given the particular lack of of a of a certain uh, P and R, uh, you know, everyone's always going to look at at MLS as the it's it's like training wheels, you know, and like because that's why like like with uh, with Bob Bradley, like I think that just that stigma of being American and MLS, you know, not having the strongest level of competition that. For a guy, for a coach like that, uh, you definitely had uh, 
he should have definitely been coaching in Europe well before when he did. Just that, you know, because he was American, he he it took him forever to finally do it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for a lot of uh, American coaches, like I said, like, you have to fight against that, st- that, that stigma. Of course, American players have to fight against that stigma when they go over to, over to Europe. So I think that I, I definitely think that in a lot of ways, MLS already is a proven ground. It's just that, you know, obviously – when whenever they decide to move, you know you in, in a lot of cases you're often struggling with a, with a club, a manager, you know teammates who are looking at you like it's American. He ain't he ain't about shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What y'all think? Who you think? Who would you like? But as far but as far as who would I like to see? It like I said, you know, realistic. Uh, if, if, if it's not Scaloto, um, it's like it's, it's, I have someone that we already know. Um, I think, you know, I lo- I love to get Jesse uh, Marsh. Uh, hey, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Jesse Marsh in the rafters <laughs> coming yeah. down like Sting. <laughs> like that, that's who I want. Of course, I, I actually want Jesse Marsh for the na- for the national. Like, like yeah. I think that that's just like what Studio. like what what they've been able to do at Red Bulls. Uh, just you know, between transitioning from Marsh to Armas, like. That's that's that's, prog- that's program building right there. Uh, as far perfect as, example. But um, I, but I do think like if if we couldn't have Marsh, uh, probably someone. Um, you know what? I actually I say uh, go ahead and let uh, let Parker uh, uh, retire and let him become manager. Shit. <laughs> man, just get on with that mess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say. With your original statement about all the rumors with Scalato, I think him would be a good fix. Also, I like that Argentinian pipeline that we've got going. Yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's a nice little connect. Yeah, go, keep that connect going, <laughs> yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. sit, but, and honestly, like, don't fuck with the plug, like, man. Like, we, don't mess that up. <laughs> but seriously, like, that is our identity. Yeah. Compared yeah. to, like, every other club, our identity is that we do have that South American connect. Yeah, and especially the Argentinian connect because of Tata, um, and I think it would be good to keep that pipeline going. That's just that would just be our identity, and we'll know that that's the style of play that we'll have. And you know, he, obviously with him coming from Boca Juniors, he's used to playing in a raucous crowd. Yeah. Same thing with us, you know, it's just even bigger. Yeah. Hold on, didn't didn't Parkhurst play with um, Scalotto, um in, in Columbus? I'm trying to think if he did or not. But I think that, um, you know, I, I could see a scenario where, of course, you already have guys like uh, Parkhurst and Lorenowicz that's, you know, getting yeah. up there in age. And I definitely think that at least one of them, if not both, we'll might, be, might be one about to retire soon. Um, uh, of course, don't quote, don't quote us on that. But, uh, you know, just... You know, I, I think that as good, as sharp as both of their minds are as far as, you know, on-field tactics go, they definitely would make good coaches. Now, whether, you know, obviously they, they might not be ready right off the bat as far as being a head coach, but I think as far as, like, being an assistant, especially knowing our guys as well as they do, mm-hmm. they would definitely be – I think it would be smart to have those type of guys on staff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as far as, like I said, if it is a little, of course – just a little bit of, I have seen a, a book of, like in the past um, few months they of course a lot of it's due to the fact that it is Boca and they pretty much have like the biggest payroll in Argentina but yeah. I think that they still have have a style of play that matches our style pretty well and it's like you, we gotta keep that going man absolutely we gotta keep that going and and just check that no they were not there at Columbus at the same uh, it was there 0710 Parkhurst was there from Lebanon ah okay okay yeah. I'll take that one I'll take that <laughs> but yeah man like, I definitely think that you know as far as you know obviously you want to keep this, this style of play going I definitely see where you're coming from as far as um, as far as Bill Negra grows I like to say like, like I said, you have guys like Armas and and uh, uh, not Guzan um, Friedel that's uh, like said, you have guys like that that are getting into coaching and that one is encouraging to me to see that type of stuff. I wish that my my, my main man Eddie Pope would one day get in the coaching. But that's that's neither here nor there. We're gonna go there right now. He's gonna be in the office one day. Yeah, but uh, office but job. definitely you you 
you, you we're starting to have a generation of players that you know that came up either through MLS or through modern Europe right to where it's like you want to be able to you want those guys in a position where they can pass on that knowledge um, to the next generation and hopefully make our those next kids even better yeah and uh, it's, it's, it's definitely you know an, an exciting time and I, I look forward to one what what Atlanta does next and then you know hopefully you know one of these days the U.S. team will you know get a, get a coach you know hopefully so before, uh, you know, before the end of the decade <laughs> would be nice I think we hit we hit enough topics so guys once again we thank y'all for listening to the premiere episode of for the Culture Podcast, I'm Ringo. It's Grego. Coach Tommy's home. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just look us up at FTCUTD. 